Hello and welcome to another episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Meghla Bhardwaj, and today we're talking about your ideal FBA team structure, your FBA dream team. And to talk about that, I have with me Nate Ginsberg. Hi, Nate. How's it going? Hi, Meghla. Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for joining me today over here, Nate. So, yeah, really interesting topic. I mean, we've been talking a little bit about this before we press record. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that there are different functions uh, of a dream team, uh, of an FBA dream team, and you've been working on this a lot, and you've got a course coming up uh, on this as well. So, um, yeah, pretty excited to to understand all of this. And it's also, I think, very interesting for people who want to maybe uh, sell their businesses in the future, right? Because you really want to have some sort of a you know, a structured team and a very efficient team if, if you want to sell your business. So before we get into that, Nate, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, your background and what have you been doing and how are you involved in the whole Amazon FBA space? Yeah, sure. So let's see. The uh, the, the short story uh, got into selling, in Amazon, uh, selling on Amazon in uh, early 2015. And uh, was, yeah, really focused on that for a few years and then um, exited and sold my business in 2017. And one of the things that I, um, I guess, learned or, or really like the skills that I really honed with, with my FBA business was, uh, was hiring. And that was something that I, I mean, it's a, you know, combination of a lot of experiences of my life, but, but like came to understand the role that me as the business owner, as the CEO should be playing. And, you know, as I lead my, my team and my business and, you know, and in understanding the role that I should be playing also the roles that I shouldn't be playing as the CEO, as the visionary, as the business owner. And so part of my journey that ended up with the successful exit of my, of my FBA business was, was, was building my team and, uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, one at a time filling the different roles and, you know, we can talk about specifically, uh, what those are, but until, yeah, I, I really had, I, I mean, I still have an amazing team, but, uh, different than the one that, uh, when I sold that business, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, when I, I really built, you know, my dream team had amazing people handling all the stuff that, you know, is probably not my personal highest and best use. And so, and then, so after, uh, so, so this was kind of my, the, the start of this journey for me and that experience with that and hiring, delegating, you know, me playing the, the visionary, the business owner role, as opposed to working in the business. And, and then fast forward, um, I, I, I had this exit and then that, uh, you know, gave me, more cash, more money. And, you know, and then the, the, you know, fast forward the last few years, you know, now that that experience has only, um, you know, really cemented my, uh, like my understanding and, and my commitment to the roles that I should be playing and shouldn't, because before I was bootstrapping, building my business and still was, was very intentional about building my team and building my role within my team. And then, you know, I sold the business, got a bunch more money. And then it made it even, you know, with that, with that experience before of just playing my ideal role, then plus, you know, more, uh, you know, funding and finances, then it just, it's, it's made me even more committed to just 
in, in whatever I'm doing now, you know, playing the ideal role that I should be doing the activities as, you know, the, the visionary, the CEO, the business owner, as well as, you know, things that fall into my own unique ability, superpower, zone of genius, um, of, you know, the things that, that, uh, I enjoy, I'm great at, give me energy, you know, which includes doing things like this podcast connecting is stuff that I love. And, and now with, I mean, the different things I'm involved with, that's, you know, the primarily, or one of my primary roles is this podcasting, connecting, uh, content sharing anyway. So right. being on this journey myself have, I mean, it's, uh, I know, you know, personally, I know how impactful and how important this has become for me. And, and I see so many other entrepreneurs, other sellers, honestly, with far bigger and more, you know, successful businesses than I've ever been a part of that are just stuck doing all kinds of donkey work is, uh, is the, <laughs> I think the appropriate word that's, uh, yeah, uh, in my, I mentioned, yeah, the, the course coming up and I've been talking about this more, but, but yeah, donkey work, it's just like, you know, the boring, laborious, repetitive, yeah, work yeah. that the business owner, CEO has no business doing. So Nate, you know, as entrepreneurs, we, we start this business on our own. We're mostly, you know, just a single person team and we tend to do everything related to an Amazon business. They're sourcing, PPC, listing optimization, everything. So why do you think it's important for entrepreneurs to not do everything themselves? Yeah. So, uh, man, a, a lot of things. And this is something that I feel, yeah, quite, quite strongly about. And so, so I know that we are here to, to both have an impact and the way that we the way that we receive value is by creating the most value, creating the most output uh, for for our businesses, for the world. And the way that we're able to do that is not by doing donkey work, is not by doing listing admin, customer service. That is not my, your, anyone's highest and best use. That is not their, their opportunity to create the most value for their business, for their customers, for the world. And when we, and, and so when we are, are stuck doing this donkey work, it's, it's, it's limiting us, it's limiting our potential. And we're here, uh, I believe, and, and for me, it's so important to, to, to realize my potential and I think for, for everyone, we should all, you know, strive to, to be the best that we can, uh, create the most amazing businesses, have the biggest impact, re receive the biggest impact. And if we're stuck doing all this donkey work, that's impossible. And so that's why it's so important to get this donkey work off your plate, which allows you to elevate and, and in, in doing less, it actually allows you to have more output, have more impact to do more because you're doing the high leverage, important things, as opposed to the, the low, the low leverage, busy, you know, donkey work, not important things. Right. So is it important to, at least when you're starting out to do all of this work yourself once or to figure it out for yourself before you start delegating or creating a team? Or does it make sense to maybe just hire someone right right off the bat, uh, maybe somebody, who, somebody who's better than you in certain aspects? Like, how do you go about yeah. doing that? Uh, I mean, it really, uh, it, it depends on the person and their situation. And so a general 
kind of rule of thumb is if you have more time than money, it's, you know, good to start doing it yourself. And, you know, that's kind of being, you know, being more scrappy. Uh, yeah. Doing more yourself. If you have more money than time, then, you know, hire away. <laughs> <laughs> right. That totally makes sense. Okay. So let's talk about the FBA team structure, or should we say our FBA dream team? <laughs> what does the dream team look like? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, when we're, when we're thinking of orga- organizational structure, uh, an important thing to understand first is, is the why. So, you know, why have an org structure? What's the point? And th- the reason is because you want to think of your business as a machine and a machine that has these different inputs, these different functions that all work together to create an output. And, That's, I mean, whether it's an FBA business, whether it's a, this business or that business, like, you know, the machines can have different, uh, designs and, you know, how they're structured, but, but the, the, all businesses, they, they take inputs, they take pieces that combine together to create different outputs. And so keeping that like, you know, 10,000 foot view with an FBA business. And then the goal is to, to create this machine with, you know, get the right pieces in place to create this machine. And that's what the org chart is. It's like, that is the blueprint. Those are the, the, the pieces of this machine, your FBA business machine. And so uh, with the org chart, we'll, we'll start at the top. And so the top of the org chart is you, the CEO, the visionary, the leader. Um, you know, that's a role that you, uh, arguably always will be playing with your business. And that's a role you should be playing. The CEO is responsible for the vision, um, you know, developing the culture, the vision, the direction of the business, uh, you know, how to allocate capital, meaning what areas to invest and grow. And like, that's kind of the, the core definition of the, the, the CEO, the CEO or visionary role. And so that's you at the top. And then with, uh, you know, getting more to the, the, the boots on the ground functions for an FBA business, there are, there are four core buckets. And this is the way that, that I organize my business. And, you know, for any of the listeners, you can, you can take this, you know, structure and run with it, make it your own. That's fine. They're also like, when it comes to org structure, it's not, uh, like it has to be this or that way. You know, you, people can, the roles that need to be fulfilled are the same, but, you know, who reports to who and this is, it can kind of, you know, you can, uh, it can be a little bit, a little bit dynamic, but the way that I structure my business is four core buckets. You have uh, the Amazon bucket, which we'll come back to, because that has a few different uh, functions and pieces. You have uh, supply chain and operations, you have new product development, and you have finance. And so those four buckets, which are uh, quite separate uh, in, in terms of their, their role and function, uh, you know, to make up this, this FBA machine. And, and yeah, so we got the Amazon bucket, we got supply chain bucket, we've got uh, finance bucket, and we have new product development. And yeah, I mean, can go into more detail on. Yeah. Those, so let's, but. let's look at, you know, each of these um, individually. So 
let's talk about the most important one. Do you think the Amazon bucket is the most important one? Or actually all of them are equally important, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, they all are necessary. Uh, yeah. in, I mean, we can talk about, you know, hierarchy of importance. Um, the, the Amazon one obviously is, is an important bucket. Uh, and so, yeah, we can start there. So the Amazon bucket has, uh, has, has two different functions. And so there's the, like the Amazon admin, which is going to include customer service, dealing with listing issues, responding to reviews, um, you know, the, the, the admin side of managing an Amazon account. Then you have uh, Amazon marketing, which is going to be launches, growth, PPC, you know, the activities that are, that are really about, uh, you know, growing the business. And in general, as, an, uh, as kind of a rule of thumb, for the the business owner, for the CEO, for the visionary, you the like you want to be spending as much of your time or only your only time in activities that are actually contributing to the growth of the business. Mm -hmm. And so um, you know, so getting removed first and as quickly, as quickly as you can from any of the areas that are not growing the business. So with the Amazon bucket, the Amazon admin is like in oftentimes an easy first thing to hire and unplug from it's, you know, you can get someone for relatively inexpensively, you know, it's just, I mean, it's some of the worst, uh, you know, tactical kind of things. I mean, personally that, I, you know, I, I don't know many sellers that love, you know, dealing with FBA seller support because uh, some listing got flagged for, you know, some unknown reason. And anyway, I mean, and, and, and not to downplay its importance, obviously this, you know, you need this in order to, to keep your business functioning, but, you know, but none of that is going to grow the business. Uh, the Amazon marketing side, you know, yeah, that, that is a much bigger contributor to the business growth. And so, you know, it, uh, the, the founders holding on to the growth roles longer, it, it makes sense. So, so we got the Amazon bucket admin as well as marketing. And, uh, then we've got uh, supply chain operations, which is again, I mean, it's, it's, it's very important. Um, uh, it's necessary to, you know, keep the business running, but also not going to grow the business. And so the, the way that I think of supply chain, the, the primary functions are, uh, supplier relationship management. So, you know, communicating with, dealing with suppliers, um, freight management. So getting the goods from, you know, point A to point B and inventory management. So making sure the reorder trackers are in place, you know, that you know when to order, when to place reorders, not go out of stock. And yeah, I mean, obviously a very important function, but again, like, Supply chain is not going to grow the business. It's just, if you mess it up, it's really going to mess up your business. And so, yeah. so, so, so again, I mean, very, all the roles are, are, are important. You know, all the pieces of the machine need to function together. Otherwise, you know, if one thing isn't there, the whole thing is going to, you know, implode, but, but yeah, but again, not growing the business and, and, you know, therefore I think the, the, you know, the founder, the owner has, uh, op, you know, if they spend their time on the growth areas, you know, that's going to grow the business more. So that's supply chain. Um, then you got finance, another, you know, uh, you know, crucial role specifically around bookkeeping, you know, uh, calculating cost of goods, 
keeping up with your bookkeeping. And this is, I mean, for me personally, this is like the epitome of donkey work. I mean, I don't have an account, like I'm not an accountant. I don't want to be an accountant, but I, I know how important this is. And, you know, you talked about, or, you know, mentioned as well, if you ever want to sell your business, like you just, you need to have clean and complete financials. If you ever want to have an exit, it's not a nice to have, it's a need to have. And I mean, plus, you know, if you want to be tax compliant, you know, uh, also necessary to have your numbers, you know, done completely and correctly. And, and so it's important, but, but yeah, like having correct numbers, isn't going to double your business next year. I mean, another discussion, maybe for another time, there's a lot of really great insight that you can and should have, you know, from the numbers, but as the business owner, you're, your responsibility or your role there is to make sure the numbers are done, you know, completely and correctly. And then one of your functions is, is reviewing them. So as the business owner, you should just, you know, have the PL, have your finances uh, and, you know, be able to review that to then make, you know, actionable decisions on the future growth of the business. But the, the bookkeeping and finance itself, not what the owner should be doing. And, and also within that could be um, accounts payable. So this was a big one. I mean, for a lot of uh, e-commerce FBA sellers, I mean, sending payments uh, can get to be tedious. I mean, it's tedious. It can be quite time consuming. You know, if you're sending a lot of payments like that gets to be uh, a lot of uh, donkey work. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, so having someone as well in the finance role that's able to, you know, get that off your plate for you, um, again, frees up your time to focus on the, the higher level things. And so then finally moving on to the last bucket, uh, new product development, you know, I mean, is kind of what it sounds like, <laughs> you know, finding the new product opportunities and, and, you know, and moving them forward. So that kind of gets also into, you know, brand strategy, product strategy, uh, as well as the, you know, tactical of like, you know, moving that forward, getting samples, placing, you know, working with the, the vendors to make sure you have the right product and uh, or the product is how you want it to be. And, you know, of, of all of those functions, I, you know, that one, maybe more than any others, is uh, has a bigger impact on business growth. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you know, ties in a lot with the Amazon marketing. You know, you can't, you can't have one without the other, but FBA businesses generally grow by launching more products. And so, you know, you could make the case that the founder, the owner, their, their, you know, highest and best use, the biggest impact that they can have is by, you know, churning out this amazing new product development, you know, bucket section machine. And if that's where their focus goes on, you know, finding the next right, best product opportunities, moving them forward, bringing them to market, you know, that arguably more than any other role is going to have the biggest impact on the growth of the business. And there's also not to say that you can't also get, you know, very capable, talented people to handle the new product development, as well as any of these roles. I mean, anything's possible. There's amazing people that you can find to do anything for you. But, you know, when you're thinking of, of unplugging, I think a good, um, you know, a, a good order or cadence is, is unplugging from the, the lowest growth value, highest donkey work, tedious, you know, meter. 
and you know working your way you know one by one unplugging from the the lower level tasks and then you, you know then it's kind of up to you actually i mean as the the uh you know founder and owner uh of what buckets you still hold on to as long as they are is two things growing the business as well as in your zone of genius superpower just something you enjoy and so if as the founder the owner maybe you love new product development, finding new opportunities, you, you know, uh, making changes to them. If, if you really enjoy that, awesome. You know, keep doing that. No need to find someone else to do that. If you like it, you like it, it's growing the business. Great. And, uh, you know, the same on the, some of the Amazon marketing side. So, you know, let's say if you love doing PPC, great, you know, keep doing it. That's fine. Like if you enjoy it, it's, it's, it, you know, it adds value. Uh, you know, don't let like, don't, remove yourself from activities that you're enjoying doing. I mean, cause I think we should enjoy our businesses and anyway, but, but also with any of these, you still can find people to do them for you. And so even if they are like growth levers, but you don't enjoy it, then yeah, like someone else does. So better to get that at, you know, better to get them in that, in that role. Um, so so yeah, so, so those are the, the main buckets. And then again, at the top, you have you as the, you know, the visionary, the owner. Um, a few other pieces is, so in between you as the CEO and, you know, these different core buckets, you can have uh, something in between, which is going to be your, your general manager, your COO, your integrator. And depending on the size of your, of your organization, that main role is to act as a bridge between you as the CEO and these different units. And so, I mean, if it's, uh, you know, if it's a large enough business and large enough team, then having like a buffer between you as the CEO and these different functions, I mean, each of these teams, depending on the size of the business can grow. I mean, maybe you're launching, you know, uh, 10 products a month or a product every day, then maybe your new product development team is, you know, a dozen people or more, you know, and then maybe your Amazon admin team is three people or four people. And you have, you know, each of these, each of these core buckets can have, you know, grow in more than one people. And as that grows, you know, wanting to keep the, keep yourself, the CEO, the visionary, uh, insulated where you're not dealing with problems. You're not, you know, you're focused on the vision, the direction, growing the business. And that GM COO role is to act like as a bridge in between making sure all the pieces of the machine continue to run properly and being that filter between you and, you know, the different parts of the business. This is of course a structure for a pretty large business, right? I mean, if you're, you're probably, you probably have to do like six, seven figures in, in, you know, revenue, maybe even more to have that sort of a structure. Right. So, uh, I mean, so something with this in, in, in one thing that, uh, some people, I guess, like misunderstand is that these don't need to be full-time roles, like a bookkeeper, for example, you know, most businesses bookkeeping, it's like, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month, you know, you don't need like a dedicated finance person to handle that for you. And so, so a lot of these roles as well, like it's, they don't have to be 
full-time, full salary people, you know, right. they could be hourly. So maybe you have, you know, a bookkeeper that's a couple hundred a month and you have Amazon admin that's a couple hundred a month and you have a supply chain and, you know, they're not full-time. That's a little more expensive, but you know, they're 10 hours a week and, you know, and you play the new product development role. And so, so yeah, like there's, uh, I mean, uh, I'm of the opinion. I, I think that it's better to get I'd rather like get the right people in place uh, earlier than when it's too late. And, you know, you can do so in a way that's not like people hear this and and it sounds like your initial reaction is like, Oh, like this is going to be so expensive. And it's not, I mean, again, getting people, you know, they can start hourly and getting some, you know, fractional people that are responsible for these different things. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it can allow you to to unplug faster. And, and again, the I mean, there's a bunch of reasons, again, uh, why some of what you talked about, but when you're able to unplug from, you know, the donkey work of these other areas, it, it frees up your, your time and energy and mental space to, you know, think about the bigger picture and growing the business faster. And so when you're able to unplug more, it frees you up to, for the business to grow faster. And when you have the people in place, it's, it's going to be more scalable. So even when they're starting off as, you know, hourly, it's something that you've, you've already removed yourself as the bottleneck. And so as things grow, as things, you know, ramp up, you can keep growing and keep ramping up because you have the right pieces in place that allow the business to scale as well as, you know, have the structure that, and you're on top of things. So you're prepared as well for an eventual exit. Right. Yeah. I think that makes total sense. So when you're starting out, you can probably hire VAs or, you know, maybe temp staff or, or uh, agencies even, right. I mean, you could have maybe a PPC agency who's managing your PPC and just outsource the entire function. That's an option as oh, well. T- totally. I mean, and also, the, so what's important an important distinction here, and I'm glad that you brought this up, is with these different functions, what matters is that there's a clear responsible party. Like mm-hmm. that's the most important thing is that there is specific, an individual person who is responsible. And and, and so a quick thing on that. So with these different areas, again, you need to have, it's one person needs to be responsible. So one person can be responsible for more than one thing but you can't have two people responsible for the same thing. Otherwise, you know, it's just like a a mess. And so, so again, the goal is just responsible party for each of these functions. And then, you know, like whether that's in-house, whether that's an agency, whether that's full-time, whether that's part-time, you know, uh, less important. It's it's really like, I mean, we can talk about, you know, advantages, disadvantages, roles to do in-house, roles to outsource, agency. Uh, it's, you know, generally it's, it's less important, like how the role is filled and more than just that it's, it's someone is responsible filling that role. Right. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And uh, I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes it's a bit difficult to let go off of everything as well uh, because you know you feel that oh I'm not profitable yet especially when people are starting out and they have maybe you know just a couple of products um, and they're not too profitable it, it just feels like they are you know there's cash flow issues and it just feels like they're not able to invest uh, you know that the money back so you know I think that's another issue like what if people are just starting out with you know a lot of people just have very less investment maybe you know 
five ten thousand dollars investment and they're mostly putting it into inventory so what if they're short on capital and they just don't have you know the, the capital to outsource any of these functions or or hire people yeah so you know when people are starting out uh again you have more you know if you have more time than money then you're going to be doing most of these roles or starting doing most of these roles. And that's, yeah. that's okay. That's, you know, what we do when we're starting out. Right. But, but a couple of things to keep in mind though, is that, you know, again, one person can fill more than one role. And so when you're mm -hmm. starting out, you're that one person, you're filling all these roles. But the important thing to understand is to have this blueprint that you know. And so even when it's just you, you know, you are fulfilling very specifically all these roles. You are fulfilling the, you know, Amazon admin, Amazon marketing, supply chain. I mean, I don't know. I mean, should be doing something for finance, uh, you know, new product development and the vision. And like, yeah, when you have more uh, time than money, that's, you know, that's how you start. But, but keeping in mind the big vision, and if you want to build a, a, you know, a long-term scalable organization that you can have an exit from, then you're not going to, you know, you're not going to play all of these roles. And, right. and also, and, and, and so, so just being aware of that and knowing what roles you're responsible for so that you can also be intentional of removing yourself, you know, one by one from the ones that, you know, aren't, aren't your highest and best work and aren't, you know, driving the most value and, and something also to, um, yeah, I mean, on the finance stuff is, I mean, that's a whole other, uh, a whole other topic, around, you know, cash flow and cash flow management and, and, and yeah, with, you know, with um, FBA businesses, obviously inventory is, you know, it probably the, the biggest item on your, your balance sheet and your, you know, on your PL. And, and I get it. It's, it's hard. You know, I was there when my business, you know, maxing out my credit cards, like, you know, the business is growing, but my bank account isn't. And, you know, and, and now uh, there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot more options than there were before in terms of, you know, lending, whether it's Amazon loans or there's, you know, tons of these new uh, lenders that are popping up that are trying to, you know, serve, uh, you know, FBA sellers, e-commerce sellers to solve some of their, you know, uh, cash flow challenges. And so there are now, you know, if your business is, is growing and going in a good, in a positive direction, there are, um, yeah, you know, different, different financing options that can, can allow you to do that and still build your team while still, you know, having access to the capital that you need. Uh, you know, and another thing is, is, and this is stuff that like, I mean, uh, also part of it is, is, is having the right mindset and the mindset when it comes to your finances of like knowing that one, there are options and, you know, these things are, there's not like a set rule. Like there's not, you know, there, there can be challenges and things to overcome, but you know, when it comes to the finances, like there's actually a lot of different levers that you can pull to find more money in the business, whether it's, you know, taking out some loans or getting some lending from some of these different things that we've been talking about, you know, there's different credit cards that'll, you know, give you cash advance, or you don't need to pay your balance for 30 or you know, 50 days. And, and then also like a, a huge one is, um, you know, terms with your suppliers. And so mm. instead of, you know, for people that, that like you're, Oh, I, I can't afford hiring a team. You know, if you kind of flip that and think like, okay, well, you know, the reality is for like, I don't know. I mean, on the low end, a couple hundred bucks a month 
to, you know, 1500, 2000, you know, I don't know, to like low thousands a month is kind of the budget that you would need to get good people responsible for all of these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're doing POs, you know, you're, you're, uh, the, the relative amount of money that you're going to spend on your team versus inventory is you know, quite a bit smaller. And so when you know that there like, are options and you know, you, there's other levers to pull to free up cash, whether it's supplier terms or some of these different financing options, it's, yeah, uh, you, know, you, can, you can figure these things out if you, you know, one, the mindset, you need to know that you can, and then two, you know, explore the different options. <laughs> there right. are, there are. Yeah, options. I think that makes sense because otherwise you'll never be able to scale, right? Um, just mm-hmm. be stuck there. That makes sense. Okay, let's also talk about um, this whole hiring funnel that you've mentioned um, to me previously. So, what exactly is a hiring funnel? Yeah. So, uh, how it started is, I mean, me, I think, like many other, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, sellers. Um, you know, hiring was a pain. Uh, it took all this time. I couldn't get good people. I, you know, it was literally just like a time energy suck. You know, it was like donkey work for me. I remember, I mean, the worst for me personally, and this was kind of like one of my breaking points was just having, you know, 30 minute or hour long, uh, you know, call interviews with multiple candidates that I never ended up hiring. And, you know, at a certain point, I'm like on these calls and I'm talking to this person and they're not the right fit. And I'm just realizing like, oh, I just wasted the last 30 minutes, 40 minutes, hour, you know, talking to this person that's not a part of the long-term, you know, vision and future of the business. And, and so uh, I was inspired to, you know, create a better way. I knew there had to be a better way and was inspired by uh, some friends. This was years ago, friends um, telling me about, you know, marketing funnels, where you know marketing funnels, you have uh, at the top you put in leads, traffic, whatever, and you have different qualification steps. Where out the bottom come out, you know, qualified leads, sales, and you know, I was thinking, I was like, oh well, they build a, a funnel for marketing, like why not build a funnel for hiring? And uh, you know, so that was kind of the you know the aha moment of like, oh wow, like you know, just build a better funnel. And so, so yeah, that's kind of where the, the idea came from. And, you know, fast forward, I mean, five years I've hired, you know, hundreds of people all over the world. And yeah, I mean, I can say it's a much, you know, it's a much better system. And so, I mean, at the high level, uh, you know, some, some of the key components and kind of the high level overview is you have, uh, it starts with the job post and then initial set of questions. And so you have initial set of questions and the objective at first is to like, you want to lead them through the process. Like what you want to avoid, which too many people do is like, they'll write a job description and, and, and then they post it and that's it. And then, you know, they get a bunch of resumes or some people respond to this or that, but it's like, you know, there's no process there. There's no system. And I mean, resumes, I, I, I never look at resumes actually, or I'll only look at them like after I've already decided to hire them because like, I know what I, I know what information I need to know for the role. And so I'll just ask them what I mean. Like, I don't care what their resume says. If they, you know, if you set up the, the hiring funnel correctly, then you'll get all the information that you need 
And you know, the resume, this, that, whatever, I mean, you can look at it if you want, but, but the point of the hiring funnel is to lead them through this process to get, you know, filter out the wrong candidates, attract the right ones. And anyway, so it starts, you have the job post, initial interview questions is the first step. Uh, second step is, is follow-up questions. And that's important to, you know, get some more information as well as to, you know, you're, you're also like testing for communication, responsiveness. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have like first round applicants that look so great and then send the follow-up questions and they disappear. And then, you know, on one hand it's, it's frustrating, but it would be more frustrating if I hired that person, you know, and, you know, we're committed and then they disappear a week later. And so, so, you know, the point of the funnel, it, it, you know, you want to make them jump through hoops. It is hard. And again, cause you want to get rid of the wrong candidates so that you're left with the right candidates. So, uh, initial job post, initial questions, follow-up questions. The next step is a test project. And so, a test project is a good opportunity to kind of try before you buy. Uh, and, and yeah, normally the test projects that I give will be, uh, they'll be paid and like, you know, a, a couple of hours of work. And, and I try to make the test project as closely related to what their actual job and responsibility will be. And so, so yeah, do a test project. Um, and then, only after they've gone through all of these different steps of the funnel, I've got all this information about them. They've already done some test work, you know, then at that point, you're pretty able to make a decision. And, and so when it comes to the interview at the end of the process, instead of at the beginning, you know, it's the interview now is more about like, is it a culture fit? Like, Oh, let's kind of see, you know, get to know each other a little bit. Do we like each other? you know, you maybe have some final questions or things to, to clarify or talk about. But by the time you get to the interview, you should have a pretty good idea that they're the right candidate because they've already went through this, you know, somewhat extensive hiring process. And, and so, yeah, so that's, I mean, the, at a high level overview, that's what this funnel looks like. And that makes makes total sense. And then you're saving so much time because you're not interviewing each and every person who's uh, coming coming to you. But then, do you send the first list of questions to everybody that applies, or do you have some sort of a filter at the first level? Yeah. So so, so a couple of things uh, because uh, I mean, like you you kind of commented or alluded at, like uh, the goals are you want it to be fast, you want it to be efficient, you want it to be effective. And so, so to do that, one is you want to set up all these pieces of the hiring funnel first. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, you know, if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend, you know, for the first five hours sharpening my ax. So like, that's what, that's what we're doing when we set up the funnel first. And so, so yeah, you, you get the pieces in place first. And so that way, when people start coming through, it's so fast and easy to move them from you know, the first stage to the second stage, second stage to the third, because you already have it. And so what I'll usually do, I mean, uh, one of the main places that I hire is Upwork. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple other platforms, but yeah, have and, and, and do hire a ton from Upwork. And what I'll do is, you know, I set up the funnel first and, and, and also to, to answer, I think your, your uh, previous question, the, the first round of questions are attached to the job post. So it's the job post, you know, with, uh, you know, the job post about the role, blah, 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 blah. And then 
if you're interested in this position, please respond to the first set of questions. And so the, that's, you know, both part of the first step. And, um, and so what I'll do, you know, the, so the job post is out with the questions, you know, post it on Upwork, invite some applicants. And then, you know, I'll check back in a few hours and see, oh, okay, look, five people, 10 people, 15 people, you know, have applied. And then it's like, I, you know, just glance, did they answer the questions? If yes, great. Here's the second round of questions. Like mm -hmm. it takes, you know, 10 seconds per candidate. And I already have the questions. I just send it out. I don't even really look at their responses. It's just, did they answer the questions? If yes, sure. Have the second round of questions. It doesn't cost me anything. And, and so, yeah, by having it set up first and then also batching it. So then I'll do that. And so, okay, you know, post a job, invite applicants, you know, go do something else, come back a couple hours later, send the follow-up questions, you know, leave again, come back a couple hours later. Oh, some more people filled it out. You know, it's like when you have the pieces together, you're just copying, copying and pasting to, to move it along. And, and so that's for the first round to the second round. And then before the test project, I'll, because you know, that, that is uh, paid. And so I don't want to just like give out a million test projects. So, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kind of glance. I mean, I'll pick, you know, the top, you know, one, two, three, four or so that get the second round of questions. And, you know, it's like, I don't, again, I'm not spending much time still. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll glance at their responses like, oh yeah, you know, I have a decent feeling about them. They seem interesting. Sure. Give them the test project. And so, you know, I usually like to give out, you know, one to four test projects is, I mean, I think a, a, a good range. And, uh, and yeah, then it's not until, and again, this takes, you know, uh, it's very quick because I already have the test project. You know, I look at their responses. I maybe spend, you know, a minute or a couple of minutes. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, they look interesting. Sure. Here's a test project. And then it's not until I've gotten the responses back from the test project. And at this point, we've got a lot of information on them. I mean, the test project in itself, I think is the single best and biggest indicator of their success. If you, I mean, you need to structure the test project correctly, but I mean, that's fully within your, you know, your control. And so the test project is really what gives you the best information about a candidate and like, see how they perform. And so what I'll do then is I'll look at the test projects, I'll, you know, review them. And then the ones that look, you know, the best that I'm most interested in moving forward with. Now I can go back and I still, I have all this additional information on them. I have first round questions. I have second round questions. You know, now I can look at if they have a resume, like then I'll actually spend time really reviewing the candidate. Once I, once they've completed the funnel and I have the test project, then that's when, you know, you, you put the time in to actually review and so it's not before. And so that way you're really only putting time into, a, you know, a few candidates and, and, and usually it's still not like, yeah, I, I mean, most often for me, there's, you know, a clear one or two that do, you know, people drop off along the way and this and that, you know, it's supposed to filter people out and, and it does. And so, you know, by the end of it, you're looking at one, maybe two, maybe a few, you know, good test projects. And, you know, from that, usually I'll just select one or two to like have a call with, but, 
you don't need the calls almost not even, I mean, it's, it's, it's a format depending on the role. You don't even need to do the call, but if it's, you know, depending on how important or, or close they're going to be working with you, but, but yeah, so, so, so that's the funnel. And again, the, 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 the reasons, the goal, the, the, the whole point is it's fast, it's efficient, it's effective and, and yeah, saves your time and allows you to, you know, fill those pieces of your FBA dream team so that you can focus on the higher level stuff. Wow, that does uh, make sense, definitely. So, um, yeah, very interesting. So, thanks a lot for sharing this, uh, you know, information about the funnel and also the team structure. So, uh, do you also want to talk about your course? Uh, you mentioned your course is coming out in February, and uh, do you want to tell people what the course is about and how they can benefit from it? Yeah, sure. So, I, I mean, you know, this has been. Um, a really fun chat. Uh, I, 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 I mean, for me, and you know, I, I hope for, yeah. for the listeners as well. And I hope that you know this has been valuable, and, and you know, people kind of get at you know the high level, like what they need and how they fill you know what they need. And you know, in the course goes into like all the detail, you know, step by step. Uh, you know, we've got. And so one thing, so mentioned with the relaunch of this course and, uh, you know, in, in, in this relaunch, it's like hyper specific and targeted for FBA sellers. So it'll have specifically, you know, org chart for FBA, uh, you know, breakdown, you know, those roles that we talked about on the org chart, you know, you'll have, I mean, you'll, you'll have that, but just way more detail, you know, job descriptions for each of those roles. And, and actually we'll include or does include the full hiring funnel. So, you know, for each of the roles, uh, job description, follow-up questions, test projects, you know, tips and tricks of how to do the interview. And so it's going to give you like plug and play all the details, you know, case studies, examples um, for all of these things that we've been talking about that again, specific for FBA that sellers can then take and that they have the blueprint um, and they have the, you know, the, the, the resources are, are right there to allow them to, you know, tactically start executing on all these things. Uh, I, I mean, and then there's, yeah, I, I mean, uh, a lot more as well. I mean, every step of the process that we, you know, mentioned and talked about here, the, the, the program goes into, you know, step-by-step -step detail of like, oh, well, you set up the funnel and then, you know, where do you deploy the funnel? You know, how are you actually, you know, what does it look like filtering out applicants? You know, what does the interview look like? Uh, you know, you're inviting applicants on these platforms. Like one thing that I've learned as I've uh, thought a lot more about my own, the success that I have with, with hiring myself and, and, you know, talking to more and more people about hiring and, you know, successes as well as challenges and, and the, Success is really, it's made up of a lot of different little things. I mean, there's some big things, but it's not just like a, you know, I mean, look, we talked about the funnel. Like it, it's, it's not a secret, you know, like here's the funnel. And, and look, if you want to take it, run with it, build your own, you know, good. I, I sincerely hope that that can be effective and useful. And yeah, for some people it, it is and can be, but also I, I've learned that it's, you know, success, even when you know the steps, there's like, there's so many small things that lead to, you know, big success. And so, mm -hmm. 
you know, little things that you add in, in the job posts, specific questions that you ask in the first round, in the second round, and how the test project structured, you know, little tips and tricks about getting people to, you know, start working at, you know, agree to, to lower rates and how you get them to, you know, connect with you and your mission and which gets them more invested in you and more willing to go through the funnel and, and also work for less money. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of these, you know, small details that, you know, when you add it up, you know, you, you get the outcomes and success that, that you're going for. And so, yeah, I mean, all this in the course, I mean, yeah, so that's what the course is. It's all that, you know, plus more. uh, And yeah, I mean, I think that's, (laughs) that's most of it. If anyone's, you know, for anyone that's interested can check it out dreamteammachine.com. And yeah, I mean, that's, you know, where the course is. And, and, and also if anyone is just interested and, you know, has questions or wants to explore, um, you know, reach out, ask me, um, uh, at Nate Ginsburg on Instagram, Facebook, and, and yeah, you know, I'm genuinely like, I, I, you know, my, my primary motivation is, is impact and help. And I really want to help people grow better businesses that are scalable, that they can unplug, they can have exits. And I mean, yeah, like the, the financial side of it is there's a piece, like we all need to have, you know, uh, we all have an hourly rate, something else that the, the course talks about and, you know, understanding our, our hourly rate. And in order to serve the people that we want to serve, you know, the, the, there needs to be the, the, you know, the financial component so that you are able to serve and create value for the ones that, you know, you have the, the established, you know, relationship with. And, and so, you know, so yeah, with that, my, you know, my drive and, and my objective really is, is to help and to serve and, you know, able to, you know, help the students the most because, you know, we're in this together and, and, and anyway, but that being said, still can answer questions, comments, concerns, you know, whatever, uh, just add me on, on social somewhere or, uh, check out the, the, the page at dreamteammachine.com and uh yeah that sounds great i'll put the links and everything uh, on the show notes page as well for everyone's reference uh but yeah this has been amazing um thank you so much nate for your time and for sharing all of this information and some of it has been uh pretty insightful for me as well because i'm you know a solo entrepreneur too and i've been struggling mm-hmm. with some of the issues too i mean uh, not necessarily, you know, for the FBA business, for, but for the other business that I'm doing. So, yeah, this has it been is. really good. And, you know, maybe uh, we should do a follow up call and, you know, maybe dig a little bit deeper into some of the specific aspects, you know, once the. Yeah, I mean, happy to. And I mean, the like, you know, so so this course that we're talking about, like I said, is very, you know, the roles or the org chart is specific to FBA, but the, yeah. the core concepts uh, apply to every business. And, and so mm-hmm. whether it's a, a sourcing business, whether it's a product, services, info, you know, uh, in-person, online, local, global, it's like the same core principles, yeah, uh, apply to every business. Uh, you know, the, the training is, you know, again, is like niche around you know, it, it adds the most value specifically around FBA, but yeah, the same core concepts apply to any business and, and uh, yeah, so I uh, would encourage you or any other listeners that aren't in FBA to, you know, same thing. It's like identify the, the org, you know, what roles or buckets are you playing? Which ones are your highest value? Which ones are the lowest value? And 
start getting the lowest ones off your plate and one at a time, you know, you'll get momentum and, uh, you know, grow yeah. the business more and, and, and have more fun too. Totally makes sense. Well, thank you so much, Nate, for your time and I will see you around. Take yeah, care. Thank you.